Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. So today we are in um, week two of our sermon series called Why Jesus? And in an attempt to help all of you begin to answer this, this life-changing question for yourself, what I'm doing is sharing with some of you or with all of you some of the main reasons for why I follow Jesus, with the hope being that as I share my why, as I kind of get in depth, your brains are going to be stirred into active thought. God's going to show up and give you your Why? So last week to set the foundation for this series, I shared with you some of my testimony and how, uh, for me, Jesus reveals God. And that as a teenager reading through the Gospels, Jesus took this God that, that was distant and, and unattached and infinite that, that I couldn't get my brain around, and somehow he made him real to me. Somehow I could get my, my brain around him. And not only that, but it showed me that, that God showed up in flesh and blood to walk among us. And so that was something that I could relate to. It's something that I could understand. And then what I found on the kind of God that Jesus revealed was the kind of God who cared. A God who wanted to forgive, to heal, to save. All the while showing me how to live into my best possible life if I would just listen which made it very, very easy for me at a young age to say yes to following Jesus. So to continue to build upon that, that same idea, that same foundation, just in a bit more particular way, another one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, for why I follow Jesus, uh, and, and this one's simple, right? I don't know if you guys know this, but Jesus loves me. <laughs> I know you might find that hard to believe. Who can love that guy? Uh, but Jesus loves me. And not only does Jesus love me, but Jesus loves you all in the exact same way. Or to try to help you get your brain wrapped around just how radical and world-changing this idea that, that God loves us is, let me walk you through how Jesus seems to be one of the first people in the history of the world to talk about a God who loves. This was a revolutionary thing that came in with Jesus. So, if you ever find yourself spending time researching the way that most of the ancient Mediterranean world made sense of their gods, because I know this is something you all like to do for fun, right? Surprisingly, very, very quickly, what you'll discover amongst most of the other religions, and remember these people are polytheistic, they believe in more than one god, is that the relationship that existed between the people and their gods actually had nothing to do with love. Now, the way they believe things worked at that time is that their relationship with the gods was transactional. You scratch my back, I'll, I'll scratch yours. Or practically speaking, if humans would provide for their gods, which they did by going to the temple to worship, offering sacrifices, and doing what the gods said, then in turn, gods would make sure that the people were taken care of. But if they didn't do that, then, then bad things could happen very, very quickly. Or to give you a modern take on this logic, it's kind of like working for a major corporation today. Where if you can make that company money, they're going to treat you well, you're going to live a blessed life. But as soon as you can't make them any money, what happens? 
They drop you like a rock. Well, that's how the ancient people thought about their relationship with the gods, which again, had nothing to do with love. It was all transactional. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. So here's the amazing thing that we miss because we've never heard this before. We, didn't think it, we don't think in this way. Is that it's into this way of thinking, into this transactional kind of world where we find Jesus proclaiming this strange yet amazing news, possibly for the first time in the history of the world. I don't know, I haven't done that much research on it, but, but from what I can see, and I've done a lot, he comes proclaiming that, that God loves us. God loves his people. Or, or to get how radical this must have been, try to imagine being taught your whole entire life to make sure you do what you need to do to keep the gods happy. Because if you don't, bad things are going to happen to you. To listening to someone tell you for the very first time that, that this God, he, he doesn't want to use you to get what he wants, but he loves you for who you are. Or instead of living a life of fear, trying to keep your end of the deal because of what the gods may do, you begin to understand that this God is for you, not against you. Wants what's best for you. And is devoted to helping you become all he created you to be if you will just listen. Because again, this God loves you. Well, that's the life-changing, world-changing message that Jesus came to proclaim to the world. And it changed absolutely everything. Did you guys hear me on this? Come on now. Isn't that amazing? But then what takes this love even further is that not only do we find Jesus teaching about a God who loves, we find Jesus revealing that this God loves his people so much that he decided to show up into the world as one of us to, to show us this love in a way that we could touch, in a way that we could experience. Or one of the ways I think about this is Jesus is kind of like God's love letter to the world, but instead of being a letter written down on a piece of parchment and given to everyone to read, God's love letter shows up in flesh and blood to reveal God's love in a way that goes beyond words. Or like the difference between receiving a text that says, I love you, which is nice, and getting a hug and hearing the words, I love you, being spoken directly to your face. That is what God is doing as he shows up in the world as one of us. Which again changed everything. Absolutely everything. But not only did God show up into the world as one of us. No, what takes this love to the furthest possible extremes is that even though many rejected this love, which is what the cross is all about, right? It's a rejection of God's love in the world. Is that God, instead of turning his back or getting angry when we reject his love, took that instrument of torture and death and used that evil not against us, not to punish us, but as a means of showing his love to us in a way that cannot be denied. John 3.16, right? God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Yeah, this God did not come into the world to, to condemn and to judge. No, this God came into the world as one of us to share his love, or God loves, his, loves us so much that he gave his life to, to, to make it unquestionable. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. And this is the part you got to get. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. 
Now, the truth is, for most of us, we've been taught this story our entire lives, right? We kind of take it for granted. We don't get how mind-blowing it is that the creator of the universe doesn't just love us a little bit, you know, like you love that one uncle that you see on occasion. No. This God loves us so much he gave everything for us. Which, by the way, is a love that we receive, not by jumping through hoops or being perfect or in a transactional kind of way. No, it's by simply saying yes. It's by putting our faith and trust in this God of love or in a sense. Salvation is basically responding to God's love by loving him back. Right? That's what it means to make a connection with God. That's what it means to say yes. That's what it means to have faith. And I give you guys this information, and it's absolutely unbelievable. Come on. Did you hear me? Did you hear how much God loves you? Right? Jesus comes into the world for the very first time, and he seems to be the first one to do this. And what he proclaims is that we are not the slaves of the gods. That's the way the ancient people thought. We don't have to run around like chickens with our heads cut off and do those things so bad things don't happen to us. No, this God loves us as children, and he wants what's best for us. And then he takes it to the the further extreme, and he actually shows up to show us that love in a way that we could comprehend in a human being, right? He gets us, we get him. It's absolutely amazing. And then in the end, what he does is he gives absolutely everything to say, I love you. Come on now. I mean, that's just absolutely amazing. Now, to try to help you guys understand this uh, love in a bit more practical way, I, I want to share with you an experience that I had um, with God that, that took all of that love, you know, that I'd read about and experienced for years. I mean, it was a minister when this happened to me for the first time, and, and it made it more real. It took it to a completely different level, which probably is a story that, that many of you have heard me tell before, but, but it's one of those stories that I will continue to tell. One, because it's foundational to who I am. It, it's how God shaped and molded me. But I also think it helps people understand the love of God in deeper, more powerful ways. So um, right at 13 years ago, my life changed forever. On September 12, 2009, my wife and I became parents for the very first time. Yeah, look at that ding-dong holding that beautiful thing, right? (laughs) So on that sacred and holy day, our our first daughter, Karis, she made her grand entrance into the world. And it was as magnificent as it was scary. Now, the thing that I was most surprised by on that day, something that nobody warned me about and, and hit me like a ton of bricks the first time I laid eyes on Karis, is the love that I felt for this strange little wrinkly creature that fit in the palm of my hand. I mean, sure, I love my parents. I have amazing parents. I love my brothers. I've got amazing brothers. And for the most part, I even really love my wife. You guys have seen her. She is way too good for me, right? But what I felt for this child and still do along with my other child is a love that went way beyond that. And that for the first time in my selfish, self-centered life, I encountered a being whose life meant more to me than my own. A being that that whatever happened to her happened to me. A being that if she was ever taken from me, I don't know what I would do. I don't know if I could go on. So, right after Karis was born, of course, 
the family started to come in to, to witness this miracle, and it was amazing. There were tears of joy and everybody celebrating. Uh, you guys have been there in that room. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, but the thing is, I started to notice that there, there, wasn't, there was something wrong with Karis. She just didn't seem to be the right color to me. Which, by the way, no one else in the room seemed to notice. They're all passing around, and everybody's happy and all that kind of stuff. And I think there's something going on. Now, the truth is she's probably fine. There's probably nothing serious going on. And I was acting like a first-time father, right? That's what you do. You, you go through all the worst-case scenarios of what's going on. But at that point, I couldn't help it. So I had to do something to make sure that my child was going to be okay. So I went out to got a nurse, uh, told her my concern, and she came in. And she also noticed that she was a little gray. And so what they decided to do is they're going to do some suction. They they said, hey, man, this is, this is normal. You can relax. We do this all the time. The baby's going to be fine. But of course, as a first-time father dealing with this love that I've never experienced before, I was worried about everything. I was worried about everything. I was consumed with the thought that she might not make it. Because at that moment, my life was hanging in the balance as well. But then thankfully, right, they began to do the suction and she began to scream bloody murder, and she hasn't shut up since. You guys have heard me say this before. <laughs> and in a moment, she went from being gray. It's in my mind. It's ingrained in my mind. She was gray to bright red. I mean, she was mad when they started to do this. Then after they finished the suction, uh, they wrapped her back up. She calmed down. She gave her back to me, which was the first time, right? It was me and my daughter. And when I knew she was okay, tears of joy started to pour down my cheeks as I began to thank God for this incredible creature, this gift that he had given to Ashley and I. And then out of the blue, what happened to me? And this is, this is my foundational moment. This is the moment that changed me forever. God spoke to me in that nursery on the sixth floor at Baptist Hospital in Oklahoma City. God showed up in a way that I'd never experienced before. He spoke to me clear as a bell. Now, not on the outside, on the inside, in that still, small voice, but I couldn't deny it. And what God said to me that changed my life forever, this is who I am, this is why I do what I do, is, is he said, in the same way you love this child, I love you and even more. In the same way you love this child, I love you and even more. Parents, think about that for a moment. Grandparents, think about that for a moment. In the same way you love your children, your grandchildren, those who are closest to you, God loves you and even more. Which, of course, was an experience that took God's love from being at this level, which, by the way, transformed me. It's, it's not like I was missing out on anything, right? I was a minister because of this love. And it took it to a completely different level. My life was transformed forever. It's why I am who I am. It's why I do what I do every single day. I want every single person on the planet to know that God loves you more than I love my girls, which I think is an impossibility. That's what I want every single one of you to know. So, why do I choose Jesus? What's my why? Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me with an unconditional kind of love that is bigger and deeper than the love that I have for both of my girls. Jesus loves me. So, of course, of course, 
I choose Jesus? I'd be crazy not to. How can you say no to a God who loves you that much? How can you say no to a God who cares about you that much? I follow Jesus. My why is because Jesus loves me. Which then, right, it begs the question of all of you, why do you follow Jesus? What is your why? And when you begin to answer your why, what you're going to find is purpose and meaning and life. That is how important answering this question for yourself really is. Let us pray. Father, again, we come before you, and my prayer for every single person sitting in this room is that as I wrestle with my why, as I begin to share my why, that you'll help others begin to wrestle with and think about their own whys. And not only that, Lord, I ask that you show up in their lives and begin to help them see their why, why it is that you have called them, what it is that you have called them to do um, in the midst of all of that. So that is my prayer as people go out this week. But I also, Lord, want every single person to know and experience in this room. I want them to know just how much you love them. I want them to understand how revolutionary in, your, in that time and place that you even saying that, that God loves the world is. And then how even more incredible it is that you came into the world to show us that love. And then there's the cross where you gave everything to, to show us your love in a way we can't deny. So Lord, for every single person in this place, make it evident. Help them to feel it in a way they've never felt before. That love you have for them. We ask this all in your name, O oh Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.